Hello, and welcome to the Alien Minute podcast, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm Mitch Bryan. And I'm John Engel. And today we're talking about minute number 18, which begins with the landing gear finally finishing off that pesky rock and uh, ends with Parker wanting to reroute some ducts. And we're here again with Jason Heck. Big duct fan. Big duct, Big duct fan. So really this uh, this podcast was a natural for me, uh, whether it's uh, Brazil or my own home. I'm, I'm just a fan of, of ducks, yeah. any movie, ducks any, any real life as well. He's also a fan of correcting me and made it clear that and I, I was wrong. It was not a, a Zoom shot yesterday. Um, uh, there may have been a Zoom, but there was also clearly a boom and the camera was actually moving kind of down following the trajectory of the ship as it landed. So just wanted to correct that. Uh, at my behest, please don't write in also at my behest. Thank you. You're thank you very much. You're it's welcome. too late. Everybody wrote in last night. Yeah. But we, thanks for, thanks we for get that. some snappy editing once that rock is crushed. Three really we quick do. cuts of, who is it? It's Dallas, Dallas Lambert, 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 and Parker. And Parker with the headband. Riding their seats like Buck and Broncos. Yeah. And this is... This is, like, really visceral. That's what I get. I think that that's the purpose. You know, we're getting this crash. How else, how else are you going to convey this to the audience? You get quick cuts, people jostling about inside of those cuts, and then we get a lot of... And then everything starts to smoke and burn, and you like got to get your fire extinguisher out, and you got to fill the air with more smoke. And I always think that's interesting in these kind of movies, space movies. I would think sparks and space, that kind of stuff, probably is not a good idea and right. you would think this far into the future we might be working with some kind of technology that wouldn't catch right. fire so well, quickly. if you will notice they are using like retro fire extinguishers as well so <laughs> i'm not sure maybe that <laughs> maybe they're a little behind the times in, as far as fire extinguishing yeah. technology i but, know we're picking nits but it's yeah. it's very exciting i'll give it that yeah. and you get the everybody in the crew gets to work and it's like it's like i mentioned the thing again you know the howard hawks thing that guy gets set on fire, and all the actors get to grab fire extinguishers and yep. help put him out. So It's interesting, isn't it, that you wonder how big the rock is to have made this kind. Because it's one claw on the landing leg. <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. bottom on of the one of, it's, It is one of 12 claws on three landing legs <laughs> that crushes a rock that's about as tall as, what, a, a car, maybe. And the entire ship goes to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. I mean, it really gets screwed up by this obviously really unlucky and really angry rock yeah the rock might be the real villain of this film. <laughs> well <laughs> as he has been in in movies for so long oh, I, I think starting with the scorpion king yeah. uh, the rock has proven a pretty pretty tough villain to deal with yeah so <laughs> i'm sorry you're talking about the rock and the actual <laughs> yes. rock rock okay good we're on the same page again but you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> so uh from from that, from all of this chaos and everybody trying to put out the fires, right? Yeah. We then we get another exterior shot, right? We get another yeah. exterior shot, which, shot of which the ship. Which plays like an establishing. It's, it's a, yeah. like and a it is, and that is a zoom out. That is That's the camera zoom. zooming That's out. That's a classic. Or a yeah. zooming in. A zoom in. Zooming in. Please on the don't thing. write in. And, yeah, and the used... sound gets really, once again, <laughs> I yeah, get disturbed wind. again. Yeah. The sound is oh, really man. ugly oh, man. during this moment. Yeah. And, and then... I, I think you're right. It's a time cut, right? The it's idea is cut. we cut to this shot outside, and then everybody can reorient because Parker and Bridge, Parker and Brett were on the bridge, mm-hmm. and then we find out they're not on the bridge anymore. They're right. now in engineering. Everybody else is sort of in a kind of relaxed. What do we do now? Pose. They've the immediate danger is clearly passed. Now they're waiting for the damage control assessment, and to do that, we have to trust our two blue collar dudes to go down in the guts of the ship 
and sort things out. And I would argue that relaxed might not be the right word, but that that shot of of Dallas in the foreground and Ripley in the background, both in the same positions with their hand, their heads in their hands, is like it's like oh god, it's, it's really their, funny. Their hands are sort of pulling hair. That's <laughs> yeah. what they're like leaning in their hand and they're kind of pull the hair up. That stressed out posture. It's, it's a bad day for everybody. Does at this it point. seem like it's deliberate that shot to let us know that here's the person who's probably going to take command after Dallas? To, I don't know. I it, mean, it's possible. Well, you've got to He's a meticulous least, director. He's a meticulous, and you got to imagine that Weaver and Scarrett got, might have gotten together on this too. Mm. Who knows? They're been... certainly feeling the same thing at that moment. They yeah. both have the same expression, the same body posture, which does link them together. Yeah, I just yeah. can't imagine someone wouldn't look at dailies and think, "Okay, that's actually that's deliberate." Yeah, you know, he's he's he, if if it's not deliberate, he's going to go back and reshoot. Right. But it seems like it might be a way to sort of foreshadow, "Hey, this this person might have some." Some guts that we don't know about, and she might be able to step up, or well, also indicate that there might have very well have been something between Dallas and Ripley. There's definitely that too. Um, and here's where she's starting to assert herself. She's asking questions um, along with Dallas. So before this, up to now, she's just been functioning, you know, like we said, as the communications officer, as monitoring the topo topographical readout. But now she's starting to seem like she's got some authority. She's able to ask questions. She's not waiting for anybody to, to tell her to. She's just asking. Yeah. So uh, starting to see her, yeah, come up a little bit in rank as far as what we know about her at this point in the movie. Which is interesting because Kane is the XO. Yeah. Um, and we don't hear much from him. He says oh, he sighs dry dock time and 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 knows that that the repairs are going to amount to some major time in in dry dock for the ship. But that's really it. He he doesn't do much as the exec in this one. Earlier in the minute, we kind of skipped over before the time cut. He's the first one to get on the on the um, intercom and ask, right? That's yeah, it is. Is the whole that, breach? Is there a yeah. whole breach? Which is the first thing you want to ask? Which is would be the XO's job? I mean, that's exactly what Riker would hit his you know communicator and and ask Jordy if that was what happened. You know. The, I, I always I tend to compare. Do all roads lead back to Star Trek? <laughs> to Will Riker? Does go everybody go back to yes. Will Riker? <laughs> And why is Star Trek Enterprise never mentioned in our discussion? Never. <laughs> Come on, Scott only, Bakula. I'll only mention the last episode, which has Riker in it. Oh, so that's, that's the only uh, that's right. the only Enterprise episode that exists to me. <sighs> it's tough anyway, to be a fan. I discovered so, Enterprise on Netflix. I told Mitch I kind of liked it, and, and the ridicule has never stopped yeah. from people when I admit them to them <laughs> that I like Enterprise. <laughs> and I guess we should let the audience know that secretly this we're supposed to we're secretly trying to mention Star Trek in every single episode of the show because <laughs> I think it's happened so far. But you know, I think mm. the people will like it. The, the, like Star Trek. the people, the the Star Trek, the, the Star Trek people. I don't know what they call them. But the, those people the who like the Star the Trek, is that what they call the they, they like the aliens. Sort Live of thing long too. and do well. That's what I say Live to all long. you Trekkers out there. You guys are the best. <laughs> and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all right because uh, with this with this humor, we move to one of the more humorous <laughs> moments. Actually, I think every time Parker and Brett are in the movie, I think it's, it's our Laurel funny. and Hardy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Harry Dean Stanton is it's just funny. Comic comedy yeah. gold. Yeah. <laughs> So they're down in the bowels of the ship making their assessment of the damage. So uh, a damage report is coming. So, And it is lengthy. 
It's pretty lengthy. It is lengthy. We hear part of it over the intercom as uh, heard by the increasingly discouraged bridge crew. And then we see them uh, down in their their lair, their, their duct and pipe and steam and conduit filled lair as they make their assessment. And it is not encouraging. No. With the so crappiest bad. intercom in the yeah, galaxy. Retro retro intercoms, too. They're, it's style, man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, if they had a princess model phone from Bell, I guess it would yeah. be retro too, right? Yeah, yeah. It'd sound better. <laughs> yeah, way, way, no it, doubt about it, that. It would. Yeah, and that's and that's interesting. That what, everything about the Nostromo, it's interesting. What what is what is future tech is is anything but cutting edge. They are clearly on a, on a workhorse vessel, a make do vessel where nothing is the best. These are people with kind of grimy clothes and greasy hair and there is once again the 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 romance and perfection that that 2001 brought to the fore uh, about space travel and what a glorious future it'll be is completely shut down by this movie things don't really work right the whole ship is tossed completely into a handbasket by one kind of little screw up with the landing claw it's it's interesting that that they're that they're perfect durable-looking kind of semi-truck of a ship is, in fact, incredibly fragile. Well, that that brings up a question I wanted to ask that I teased a couple minutes ago. Uh, so the last couple of minutes, we've talked about this topographical display and who's monitoring it, and we've decided that Ripley and Ash are both monitoring the surface of the planet. And now, is, is it kind of Ripley's fault that this happens? I mean, I, I've never really thought about it before today, but... Nobody brings it up or, or anything later, but is it kind of her fault that they landed on this little rock? Should she have seen that on the readout, or you should ask, they have come up with a better place to land? Yes, Brett and Parker, yes. Yeah. They would say yes. <laughs> I'm going to think in the next minute we're going to get the real, yeah, the impression that, yeah. Probably would Lambert say, would oh. say yes, too. Um, there's some something seething there. Ash would probably come up with some clever excuse about molecular dust kicked up by the engines blurring the radar picture mm -hmm. dallas would probably side with her and kane would probably side with her yeah but as for us you know i don't know i, I mitch opined that what it's just it's just a rock it's too small for the radar to see really i mean the the, the radar is seeing this mammoth bowl in this 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 valley this crag that they're landing this colossal ship in that it, it makes sense that it might not see a you know a, a rock the size of a smart car. Yeah, and it occurs to me that actually earlier, this is about five minutes ago, maybe she does say, um, "Lay her down and we'll catch you," doesn't she? Like that's one of some of the banter that's going on earlier in the movie. Mm -hmm. She does give the approval to land there. Mm -hmm. I didn't think about that until just a second. The surprisingly cocky. So Alan let's just, yeah, let's just uh, let's just say it's her fault that this happened. Let's just just for the sake of discussion. So then what does that say about Ash? If Ash is also monitoring the same thing she's monitoring, well, and it, this is preventable, let's say it's preventable, did he? I, I, I don't think, I, he, must have, he must have missed it. I don't think yeah. that he, he's a company man. He's a company bot. He doesn't want, he wants his mission to go off yeah. as scheduled. But it's funny that you say that about if it were Ripley's fault, mm -hmm. if you were to give this a traditional horror movie reading and not a, and not a science fiction reading, but... Almost always the character in the horror film who winds up, you know, making everything go wrong is in some position of sin. Yeah. They've done something something wrong that then right. causes the whole world to come unglued. So maybe, right. maybe I was this smoking is... dope and that's why I drove us off the road yeah. and that's why we're here. Right. Yeah. yeah. But something happens later then though that would undermine that. Because she 
makes right. the correct decision no, you're later. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the sin would. Well, but it's already started. Yeah. If it, it, it's already you're right. It's already she's doing damage. She's doing damage it. control yeah. when she's when she makes that call to true. You know. So she's if trying to redeem herself, if we go with your theory in this case that 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 Ripley screws up, but if Ash has a, a repeater display and sees what's going to happen, we what we know about Ash from the entire film is Ash essentially misses nothing. Yeah. Ash misses nothing. So either A, he does, I think if if we go with your your view or your theory on this that Ash knows what's happening, he either A doesn't think it will be that severe and wants uh, or B wants to study the crew under stress yeah. and see how they respond. Or C, doesn't want them to know that he was monitoring everybody else's station. Yeah. And so thus doesn't speak up. That could be. So, but yeah, I'd buy that one. I'll, yeah. buy that, I'll buy that for a dollar. That one, that one <laughs> yeah, makes a like lot of one. sense for what happens later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What we find out about him as a conduit to the company and, and exactly how nefarious and, and, and how neck deep he is and all of this terrible stuff, it would make sense that, that he would in fact be in the God spot, but, but would not want anybody to know it. And again, that's, completely reinforced by the fact that everybody has their own individual cockpit and displays that no one else can see. True. They're all blocked from each other by these colossal control So panels. the conspiracy deepens as mm. far as Ash is concerned. He's uh, sneaky. Something's up. Something's up with yeah. this guy. Enjoy a glass of delicious white fluid and ponder that he one. He does. <laughs> he does indeed. We discussed this. Yeah. The fir first thing you ever see him do is pick up a pitcher of milk and pour it in some cereal. Going for milk. <laughs> he it's, knows. He wants to have strong true. bones. Yep. All right. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for minute number 18. Um, follow us on Twitter at AlienPod or uh, check us out at AlienMinute.com. You can email me with any of your complaints if you're offended by my theory <laughs> that Ripley fucked this whole thing up. I think it's a, I think it's a fine theory. Oh, it's no, a fine you dropped theory. the first F-bomb, and that makes us Was not family-friendly. Oh, it's not going to be family-friendly. Okay. This is an, not a family-friendly movie. All right. So we're Good. not going family -friendly. Well, we're going to start swearing like crazy well, she, better stay, she better stay the fuck out of my way. I'll tell you that when she comes down. <laughs> if the movie's got F-bombs. Yeah. 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 And, you know, she's going to drop one here really soon. That's so. true. That's All true. right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for 18. Let's see you tomorrow for minute number 19.